You are tuned to your talk alternative, 93.5 KFOX, Redondo Beach. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative in Redondo Beach. Today we have an extremely hot topic for you. Let me check it. It's sizzling. We're going to talk about soulmates and the planets today. And also we're going to touch on soul twins and various combinations concerning why we end up with certain people, why we're attracted to certain people, why we love certain people, why we work with certain people, why we're married or best friends, what it, what's it all about, Alfie, and obviously a wonderful show to record and add to your astrological repertoire, your library of astrological knowledge from the Astrology Hour. Well, I love soulmates, I love this topic, because frankly, whenever we're talking about soulmates, we are always talking about people that are so tightly bound to your personal reflection, whether it's in this life or a past life, it is not an accident that we have soulmates. In other words, the people that we love the most, for better or for worse, sometimes we end up hating these people. Having a soulmate and spending many, many years, even being married for 20, 30 years, you ever hear about people being married for a long time, and then one day, boom, they get a divorce, <laughs> right? It's not funny, but it happens. You know, it's like you know this person is your soulmate. You feel a closeness with them. You feel a oneness with them. You are totally bewildered as to why you're so close with them, and then one day you get into a hateful situation, a divorce. You end up leaving that person. You process each other. And then it's over and it's finished. And then you call me up and say, Farley, I thought you said this person was my soulmate. Well, it's true. When people are soulmates, what my definition of a soulmate is, is somebody that is so much your reflection, either in this life and or including a past life, they're either a reflection of who you are now or a reflection of who you once were in a past life, almost the exact reflection. Believe it or not, you marry yourself oftentimes when you find somebody that you're so closely akin to. The reason why you do fall in love and get married, it's almost like a karma trap because you do fall in love and usually marry or form commitments with those people that you have the most karma catalyzation with, which means that whoever would serve to be your best reflection in a past life would be who you would align to. And that way, if you think they are mean to you or cruel to you or lie to you or cheat on you or not be loyal to you or whatever, then what you are definitely receiving is a dose of what you gave them in a past life, which may also include the love and the nurturing and the passion and the romance and the involvement. Don't you get it? The soulmate definition really means a mate that stems beyond this lifetime. It's somebody who you have a connection with with your soul that is beyond the physical, and that's where the definition comes from. The soul twin, the soul twin definition is somebody who is almost part and parcel to who and what you really are. They are so close to a reflection of your own personal nature that metaphysical theory dictates 
that the soul twin philosophy could actually be a soul that literally had a cell division prior to this lifetime, choosing to be the male on one end and the female on the other. And when these beings get together, supposedly it's uncanny. They either love each other so much they can't be without, or they hate each other and they can't stand being around each other. So having a soulmate is really fun. And a lot of people have seminars, how to attract your soulmate and how to manifest your soulmate and where to find your soulmate and all that stuff. And that's all well and good because as far as I am concerned, you cannot evolve in life and progress through life unless you meet these mates, unless you meet these mates and understand what the lessons are all about and work out these lessons and this karma and these problems. And that's the only way you can figure out what the energy was that was sent off and then embrace it, (laughs) right? And then sometimes there's some suffering and sorrow or obsession connected to it. And oftentimes you can make it with a soulmate. Sometimes the whole reason why you have a soulmate and you stay with them for so long is that you're trying to make it work. That's why relationships are like another career. That's why they deserve a lot of priority and attention because you have to work on getting along with that other person. Well, you know, astrologically speaking, there is almost always a common denominator connected with particular people that we will be vibed towards. I always use the example of being at a party when I was in high school with maybe a 100 women in the room and a whole bunch of men. It seemed like most of those women were either ignoring me, right, or they had no interest in me because they were focused on other people that they had more of a soul connection with. See, this is how relationships start. If you have 50, 60 people in a room and you start looking around, It's like picking out a dessert, or it's like picking out some clothes, you know. You don't pick out the dessert or the clothes you like by accident. You are naturally vibed toward those people you like. So in that crowd of 50 or 100 women, there may only be one or two, maybe three at the most, who would align with my metaphysical profile, and who would also be a person who would actually project a karmic catalyzation with me in a relationship that would optimize soul growth for both people involved. So it's very, very important to understand this, that you're not attracted to people by accident. Now, the common denominator that goes on when I analyze charts between two people to try to figure out what the soul connection is are the numbers in the charts. Now, if you've been listening to the show and if you're a regular listener to the show, you are aware that everyone... No matter who you are, if you are born on this planet, Earth, (laughs) then you were born with a natal circuit effect at birth that we call an astroscope, which means that when you were born the second you took your very first breath, that literally your cells were identified with a cosmic circuit that is a reflection of the planets in space, frozen in space, the moment you take that breath. And in any chart, astrology is like backgammon. It's very easy to learn and memorize your planets. might take a lifetime to master it, though, right? But anyway, what we're talking about here is we are literally talking about basically 12 factors. Your sun sign. Your sun is located in space in a sign with a number. Your moon is located in space with a sign and a number. And then you have your eight planets besides the Earth, right? Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. 
Then we have the sign in the east that is rising, that is called the rising sign, plus the north node of the moon, which we also include. So 12 factors basically in the chart that we become aware of when we are discussing soulmates, our soulmates comparisons. That's why I always tell people when you get your astroscopes to fill in the planetary definitions, your abbreviations on your wheel, and make a list on a separate piece of paper of where all your planets are by sign and by degree, and then memorize them. Carry your chart around in your head, those 12 numbers, just like your phone number or your social security number or whatever, and that way when you meet other people that know their charts, you can compare numbers. Now, I'm going to go over different number comparisons for each of the planets. Now, first of all, if you meet somebody, let's say, see, like, let's write Farley's numbers down. Now, we're going to find out if any of you are my soulmates right now. Because what I want you to forget about for a moment is what sign the planets are in in your chart. Because what's important is the number. First of all, there's 29 numbers, actually 30 including 0. From 0 to 29 is covered in each and every sign. That's the first number. The top number on your chart is the degree that we're concerned with. The bottom number is the minute, and that's not what we're concerned with. Each planet has a number above, like my son says, S-U-L-E, then 1-8, I'm sorry, it says S-U-1-8-L-E-52. It's the number on either on the left or on the top, which is what we're concerned with. That's the degree. The number on the bottom or on the right would be the minute of degree, for this topic, that is not significant. What I'm asking you to memorize is just the degree. Each sign starts at zero and goes to 29 degrees, 59 minutes. Then we jump to the next sign, which starts at zero degrees, zero minutes. See, there's 59 minutes in each degree. So each degree can go from zero, one, zero degrees, one minute to zero degrees, 59 minutes, and then jump to one degree, zero minutes and up to 1 degree, 59 minutes, then up to 2 degrees, 0 minutes, then go from 2 to 59. So each degree has 59 minutes in it. But for this topic, I just want you to know your numbers of degrees only, okay? Now, my rising is a 20, which happens to be Libra, and my moon is a 17, which is Scorpio, and then my sun is an 18, which is Leo. So my most important numbers, the three majors, are 17, 18, and 20, and anyone I would ever meet that has 17, 18, or 20 anywhere in their chart, you can be sure that there's a planetary soul connection here. I'll tell you why. Because every 17 in the whole wheel, that means just because my moon is 17 Scorpio, makes no difference. Every sign has a 17 in it, and that 17 degree point is going to vibe my 17. Let, let's give you a for instance. Let's say it's a 17 Sag. Well, then there'd be an exact semi-sextile to my moon. If there's a 17 Capricorn, there'd be an exact sextile to my moon. A 17 Aquarius would be a exact square to my moon. A 17 Pisces would be an exact trine. A 17 Aries would be an exact quinx. A 17 Taurus would be an exact opposition. A 17 Gemini is an exact quinx again. A 17 Cancer is a trine to my moon. 17 Leo is another square. 17 Virgo is a sextile, and 17 Libra is a semi-sextile. So see, when you have your number down, knowing you are 17 of a sign, then you have a soul connection with Farley. Because the way metaphysics works is the way we find karma catalysts and soul connections is we try to find people, the ones we usually end up with, 
have our same numbers, and it doesn't normally ordinarily have to be in the same sign. Get it? So if we go over all my numbers starting from zero, the lowest number I have is the five, which is my Venus in Cancer. Then the next lowest number is a 10, which is my Neptune in Libra. And then I have a 14 degrees, which is my Pluto in Leo. Then I have a 15, which is my Mars in Libra. I have my 17 degree Scorpio moon. Then I have my 18 degree Leo sun. Okay, and then I have my 20 degree Libra rising. And then I have my 29 degree Uranus in Gemini. Now the only other number I left out was my 8, which is my north node in Taurus. So Farley's numbers are 5, 8, 10, 14, 15, 17, 18, 20, and 29. Now even though you would think that I would meet a lot of people, almost everybody I would meet that would have exact numbers, you're wrong. It's hard to find even one exact compliment. Because you've got to remember that for some reason it just doesn't happen as much. Now a couple things I want you to be aware of is you should have your numbers written down. And like I say, it does matter what sign they are in, of course, and what planet they are. But just getting those numbers down, 5, 8, 10, 14, 15, 17, 18, 20, and 29, that's why when I'm on the phone, you'll hear me react to callers. Like I might say to them, oh, you have three of my exact numbers. Or you have five of my exact numbers. Or I might be appalled and say, my God, you have seven. Seven out of 12, your numbers are mine. Then I get a chill up the back part of my spine. And I say to myself, wow, if this person only knew what kind of a soul connection we have, it could be some of you out there, now you know. You know, if you know your numbers in your chart, because I read mine out, 5, 8, 10, 14, 15, 17, 18, 20, and 29, well, let's face it, if you have three or more numbers than another person has exact, then that's a soulmate. That's someone that would exist as a karma catalyzation person in your life if they chose it and if you chose it. And that's how we find it. Now, it's very, very important to identify negative catalyzation and positive catalyzation, which we would call a dharma. Because frankly, and also neutral karma would mean that people have, which is good, by the way, because if people have neutral karma, then that means they might not necessarily hurt you or vice versa, right? But if you meet people that have actually the exact same number in the exact same sign, not necessarily the same planet, but let's say some of you out there have Moon at 5 Cancer on my Venus, or Mars at 8 Taurus on my North Node, or Jupiter at 10 Libra on my Neptune. See, if you actually have a planet in a conjunction, which means that it's sitting right on top, where you have planets same sign, same degree, then that's pretty eerie. That's uncanny. You know, like, like having the exact numbers somewhere else in the chart is going to give you the aspect that I talked about before. The semi-sextal, the sextal, the square, the trine, the inconjunct, the opposition, right? But if you have it right on top, that's called the conjunction karma soulmate connection, and that is when it gets really spooky. <laughs> that gets uncanny. Like the people that sometimes... Women might have Mars on my Venus dead on at five Cancer. Isn't it funny? Almost every woman I've ever met with that is already married usually. Or that they have a problem because Mars is in fall in Cancer anyway, right? So that's number one. The strongest neutral connection is when planets sit right on top. When somebody has Saturn exactly on your planet also, or Uranus, then that is a negative karma catalyst. 
And you can be sure that there's going to be some pain laid down eventually from the Saturn conjunction or the Uranus conjunction. Coming up next, the negative karma, where there's going to probably also be pain, would be a Neptune conjunction and maybe sometimes Pluto. What we find to be the best combinations are when Moon, Venus, Mars, Sun, Rising, Jupiter, those planets, Moon, Venus, Sun, Rising, Jupiter, and Mercury are sitting on each other exactly, like Moon on Moon, or any combination of the above. Any combination of Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, and Rising sitting on the other person's Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Rising would make for what we call a positive connection, okay? And that could be something where there wouldn't be as much pain. It's when the outer planets of Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and sometimes Pluto sit on your planets exactly that this could be a karma from a past life where there might be an eventual separation. Now, the other positive combinations would be trines to your planets exactly from exact numbers, which usually means that it's a similar element, like my 18 Leo. If it's trine your 18 Aries or your 18 Sag planet, that's an exact trine. That's a wonderful combination. That makes for close friends, lifelong friends, lifelong lovers sometimes. We find sexels and semi-sexels are also positive, almost dharmic as far as getting deeds done together. That's when a planet is one sign or two signs away or four signs away. Semi-sextal, sextal, and trine. When we find the karma or the negative catalyzation, that usually occurs when planets are either square, something in your chart exact, like a 15-15 square between my Mars in Libra and your Mars in Capricorn at 15. That's an angry, that's a warlike combination, okay? That's real karma. <laughs> And also the opposition, which is when you have exact planets exactly opposite. And this is a particular focus on Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto and those exact opposite transits. Sometimes when you have the inner planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Rising, sometimes those will work with opposites too. That, that can be a positive karma exchange, okay? But the negative ones will be conjunctions usually of Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, squares of all the planets, any planet squaring something in your chart, in conjuncts, which is a quinx, or five signs away, exactly, and the opposition of most of the planets, which is the full six signs away, exactly opposite. You know, when you study astrology and you're looking at compatibility, you will really come to a tremendous resolve, for sure. But if you really want an organized report on compatibility, to find out about these soulmate connections, we'll actually give you the orbs. You know, if you have a zero-degree orb, that means that there's a same number to same number connection. Like Monica, my producer, has all these planets at 29 Gemini on my Uranus, so there's a big connection there. And especially my Uranus is well-aspected. It's sextile my Saturn. So usually when I find people that I'm friends with, when Uranus is conjunct their planets, we get along great, because Uranus, of course, rules astrology in my chart. So I can read that 29 Gemini and get a major impact on what that soul connection is. It's heavy. A few things you should be aware of. Let's go over each and every one of the planets, first of all. If you find somebody that has either the rising sign on your rising sign exact, look out. We're talking major reflection there and major compatibility for friends or lovers. Whenever we find people that have trines to your ascendant, 
or have other planets sitting on your ascendant with the exception of Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, then usually there's going to be a wonderful connection that can make for lifelong friends. It's because the rising sign is the point in the chart that answers the question as to who you really are. And trines and conjunctions to your rising sign respect who you are. And that's why other people can like you, especially if there's Venus on your rising sign. I like women and men with Venus at 20 Libra. I've gotten along great with them because that's my rising sign. Two of my best friends, Michael Malavan, Michael Alcana, both had 20 Libra Venuses, and they've been lifelong friends. Now, the sun sign is also real. Oh, by the way, when you find exact squares or oppositions or inconjuncts to any planet, including the rising sign, look out, because that could represent a difference of opinion, argumentation, tempers, and mood changes that could disrupt and destroy relationships eventually. So when we come to these soul connections, I do prefer mostly trying sextals and conjunctions, and I can deal with a few opposition squares and inconjuncts. But still, the latter, of course, means adventure and excitement. <laughs> so you want a combination of all of that. Now, the sun sign obviously answers the question, what is your soul? So when you find people with planets, especially the moon on your sun, that can be a best friend, lifelong friend. And trines and sextals to that sun will also respect your identity and where you're coming from as far as a deeper sense. Mercury is a planet of communication. So whenever we have Mercury, Venus, Mercury, Sun, Mercury, Jupiter, Mercury, Mars, conjunctions exact, people usually communicate in a high level with you, and it's very interesting and fun. See, as we go over this soulmate connection here, Venus is a wonderful planet to have a connection to. I have a Venus square Neptune in my chart, so I don't like the conjunctions as much, because if I meet somebody that has a conjunction on my Venus, it's going to square my Neptune. So there's usually going to be a difference here, uh, some kind of break. But whenever someone has Pisces at 5, or has Capricorn at 5, or Scorpio at 5 degrees, exactly trying to oppose my Venus, wow, talk about a major trigger of excitement. <laughs> that can be fun. And you know, as you study and research your own soul connections with people, you will learn more and more how to feel each connection you will get. Now, Mars, you know, Mars represents your life force and your battery and also many of your sexual values. So obviously, a connection to your Mars, like I love women with Venus at 15 Aquarius or 15 Gemini because they usually make excellent lovers trying my Mars at 15 Libra. So that's a nice connection. Or somebody who has a Venus or Sun or Moon sitting on my Mars at 15 Libra is going to make a real nice connection and respect my life force my appearance, and really like me and enjoy my life energy. See, that's nice. Now, conjunctions to Jupiter, conjunctions to Jupiter are fun because Jupiter's a fun planet. It's a philosophical, happy planet. So people will use trines or conjunctions to your Jupiter. People will really connect to your optimism, your philosophy, and your happiness factor, and there's usually lots of laughing there <laughs> when you find that. Conjunctions to Saturn are very karmic. And they usually mean there is a lesson here, and it usually can be very painful and represent a possible process and a letting go. Connections to Uranus can be wonderful if romance is not involved. If it's a Uranus conjunction, trine, or whatever, because Uranus represents friends, that can be very powerful. 
Uranus also represents breakup and divorce. So if it's a romantic connection, sometimes a Uranus conjunction is called a Uranus attraction. And as soon as you become lovers, eventually it can alter or threaten the friendship and not be the same. So that's why we like Uranus as friends better than lovers. Neptune is kind of an illuminating planet. And whenever you have Neptune trines, those are beautiful, Neptune sextals and semi-sextals. It's the conjunctions, the squares, and the oppositions that freak me out. Because you get lots of disappointment, lots of letdown, lots of deception, sometimes illusion, delusion, and dreams, not reality from strange Neptune aspects. Pluto can go either way. When people have planets conjuncture Pluto, it can be very sexual relationship, and trine and sextal and semi-sextal that Pluto or conjuncted could be a very, very intense relationship, deep, really, you know, eerie almost. I don't like the Pluto squares or oppositions because they can be dangerous, and Pluto in conjuncts, people can get too intense. And then you have to throw the red flag up and say, what is going on here? Why am I here? Why am I with this person? Okay, so there's your topic today, soulmates and planetary aspects connected to that with exact numbers and soul twins. And of course, if you're a student of astrology, then this topic would come in quite handy.